You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. When I was uh, a little boy, I had a Schwinn Stingray. Man, do I wish I had it today because they're worth money in original condition. And I used to ride my bike from Burbank, where I lived, down over near a little place called Travel Town, kind of by the LA Zoo. And I would make my way over this dusty horse trail and look down upon an area where there used to be a big merry-go-round. And they had these things called love-ins. And uh, if you look in your history books, you will find that there was people that gathered in tie-dyed shirts and uh, sundresses with flowers in their hair. Huh? And they had Volkswagen vans that were painted. Huh? And uh, drums and bongos and cowbells. And I remember this one particular day, there was a lot of them, like thousands, and this big smoke cloud over them. I didn't know what it was. I'm not going to talk about it either. But I heard blaring through their speakers the song by the great theologian John Lennon. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Everybody, everybody. And I just, what is that all about? And I saw them hugging and kissing, and I saw a guy hugging and kissing four women. I thought, you know, I'm in like fourth grade. Come on. And it was like seared in my mind, like people do weird stuff. Maybe it was a cloud. I don't know what it was. Do you know that peace is wishful thinking? Less than 8% of the time that there's been human beings on this planet, has there been peace? 92 plus percent of the time, there's war going on. And we're not talking about the war of, you know, Hatfields and McCoys or neighbors or civil lawsuits. We're talking about countries, nations that are fighting against each other. Almost 92%, percent, 92.5% of the time, people have been at war with each other. There's been no peace. We live in a world of turmoil, and you came to church to hear that? Uh, some of us have stopped our news feeds on our smartphones that are so smart that they can even now help us take pictures. Did you know there's new apps that could make you a pro photographer? If you don't have to frame a shot or lightning, lighting, you could just hit this button, it'll make it for you. You can now be a pro. We... Um, are going to, on May 5, you know what's happening here May 5, right? Well, you should know. May 5, we're launching a rocket that's going to go explore Mars. Hmm? And if it doesn't launch, then it's got a window that's longer. Uh, they're expecting over 100,000 people to come to Lompoc. People are already reserving their spots and places in our city has said, hey, you can come to the airport and watch it from there, and we want the tourist dollars here, trust me. That's a good thing. And we can make skyscrapers so high that you can't see the top from the ground with the naked eye. Interesting. 
And we can make artificial intelligence now. I watched a video of a robot with a Russian accent that was interviewing somebody for a job position at a company. What is your hobby? Wink, wink. I mean, the thing winks and the, eye, the cheeks move. I mean, artificial intelligence is, is... But we cannot create peace on the planet. We can't make sure that all the kids on our planet go to bed with full tummies. We can't make sure there's clean water everywhere in our world. We can't make sure that human trafficking stops. We can't make sure that child abuse discontinues. Can't do it. Our world is in turmoil, and it was interesting to note that in Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 9, he talks about the time that Jesus would come into the world. Now, many of you have relegated this to Christmas, but this is a, a verse for every day. For unto us a child is born, a son has been given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Just, just underscore that in your mind, government on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be, be no end. Peace will have no end. Let's say, say it. Peace will have no end. But if we're going to say peace will have no end, could we also say, when does it start? It'll never end. But when does it start? In a world where there's turmoil and unrest. And he says that he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Um, you know what zeal is, right? It's what makes you get up in the morning and put on your workout shoes and go work out. Zeal is what makes you get up and go to work. Zeal is what causes you to, to work on your studies and to, and to better yourself so you can get a scholarship when you graduate. I mean, zeal. Zeal is what calls, causes artists to go out and create or someone like Tommy to write amazing songs. It's called zeal. Can you imagine what the zeal of God looks like? A God who never sleeps or slumbers, a God who doesn't ever have an energy deficiency? The zeal of the Lord will accomplish peace in our hearts. And the greatest government that God will ever rule over is not America, not China, it's not North Korea, it's not Russia, it's not Japan. The greatest government that God will ever rule over is your government, the government of your world, the government of your heart, the government that will somehow allow peace for you. There will be no end to this. And if you have your notes, you'll want to write this down. The, the peace that Jesus brings is the peace that he establishes in the human heart. He has the capacity to rule your heart if you let him. And when he rules your heart, Isaiah 9, 7, justice and righteousness will be the byproduct. You see, there is no real peace in us that does not transform the world outside of us. Well, I know Jesus. Remember what the Bible says? By their fruits you will know them. Well, yeah, they wear a cross. They have a cross earrings, they have a cross tattoo, you know, on their bicep. They have a fish on their car. 
But what really transforms people around us is the peace of God in us flowing through us. Now, the first thing I asked was when I read Isaiah, was, Isaiah, do you have any understanding of what it's like to live in 2018? But then you read Isaiah's time, Egyptian domination, Babylonian captivity, 70 years, the Persians, the Roman government, and Jesus coming into the world at a time where the the king thought he was God. If you were lower class, middle class, upper middle class, you were viewed as nothing. Only the elite of the elite and the wealthy were viewed as valuable. Everybody else was a slave to the government. Pretty tough times. And Jesus is called the Prince of Shalom. Now, you know what shalom is. It's a Hebrew word for peace. It's kind of like a greeting, welcome, shalom. How are you? What's up? Shalom. But it also means to take the fragments of life, the brokenness of life, and bring them together in wholeness. See, it's when God takes our broken, shattered dreams and our broken pieces of our life and puts them together that real shalom comes to us. It's something that, that we cannot fabricate. It's not something that happens on the outside. It's something that happens on the inside. And here's what I've found. Maybe you'll agree with me. That the more I let the outside come in my inside, the more I lose my shalom. The more I let the outside storms become inside storms, the more my boat of shalom sinks. And I got to tell you this. There's lots of people out there with lots of statements to try to sink your boat because they're envious of your shalom. They are. Now, there's also lots of people out there who want to be, uh, to receive shalom, that they will see the good works that you do and they want to be drawn to that and glorify your God in heaven because they see Jesus, the Prince of Peace, in your heart. They want to be more like you. But most people are just envious and jealous of us and they want to sink our boat. We, 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 We have a term for that today, real popular term. It's called bullying, you know? Gosh, did we ever bully each other when we were kids? And it was legal back then. (laughs) I lived in a time, again, history books. I lived in a time where the PE coach was allowed to swat the students at school. And he would say, assume the position. You would grab your your ankles, and he had a paddle. And at our middle school, the paddle was called friendly persuasion. Bam. Betterman, swats. That's all they had to say. And sometimes they did. Can you imagine this today? The lawsuits? Bernie Fetterman, report to Coach Scott. That was his name, Scott. And everybody knew in the school what that meant. I mean, it's over the PA. <laughs> Bernie Fetterman, Fetterman, report, report to Coach Scott, Scott. And everybody said, Swats. <laughs> I turned out okay. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Cabrillo High School, Lompoc High, Vanderbilt Middle School, Lompoc Middle School, report to Coach Scott, you're getting swats. I mean, the lawsuits would be. We still have bullying going on today, though. And the enemy of our soul wants to come and remove the peace from our soul. 
I love this story about John the Baptist. He was preparing the way for the Lord. In Luke 1, it says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord. He goes before Jesus. He's a front runner to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Isn't that good? Because of the what? The tender mercy of God. Wow. The tender mercy of God. By which the rising of the sun will come to us from heaven and shine on those living in darkness. Can I tell you that the Lord still wants to today shine on people living in darkness? Because he's the light of the world. He's the only hope of the world. To guide our feet into... Come on. It's okay to read. No one's going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to guide our feet into the path of peace. Catch this. Every time we turn around the corner, stories about Jesus, prophecy about Jesus, has to do with us walking in peace by the Prince of Peace, having our hearts filled with peace. When Jesus heals people, he says, you're healed, go in peace. And then he tells us, when you go to someone's home and knock on their front door, say this, peace to this house. That's the blessing. The Lord is all about peace. And isn't it interesting that when people die, that on tombstones quite often we have rest and peace, or rest and peace at last. Now, I don't know Bobby Jean Barrett. I don't even know where they're buried. But all I do know is this, that people wished that they would rest in, in peace. At last, why is it we say that? Rest in peace. Do we say that because there's no peace while we're alive? Maybe now that you're dead, there's peace? Here, here's what I believe. In Jesus Christ, he wants us to live in peace all through life, not just when we're through with life. People say, well, when I die and, you know, give me Jesus. Well, she sang it, but she also sang, give me Jesus all of my life. Luke 179 says, and I will come, uh, he will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So if we're supposed to be living in peace, then why are we not? We need to rise above. We need to rise above anything that would keep us from feeling and understanding and experiencing and knowing and being assured of the peace of God. And in Luke chapter 2, another Christmas verse, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God, where? In the highest heaven. I didn't know that there was a lowest heaven or a medium heaven or a high heaven. I just thought there was always heaven. But now I'm reading this and it says there's, there's a highest heaven. The highest heaven is the farthest point from Lompoc, California. It's not like the lowest heaven. It's the highest heaven. And I would assume, and I read a lot of dead um, theologians, that's what we do, that's commentaries. And I read a lot of dead theologians and, and they said that the highest heaven is where the highest praise of God is. That the highest heaven is where the highest purposes that God has for man reside. And what's the highest purpose in heaven? That we would have peace on earth. And on those, his favor rests. Hmm. 
That's an interesting phrase. See, the proof, number two, of of God's favor on your life is that in the midst of chaos, you can rest in peace in your life. That would be the the conclusion that if God's favor's on you, that you you would have peace. To deny his power and to no longer rest in his truth and to allow the outside storms and the naysayers of life to have, and I'm going to use this phrase, penetrating power into your soul will cause you to deny the main purpose of the highest heaven. It's not your wealth. It's not your success. It's not your comfort. It's not your popularity. It's that in the midst of turmoil and chaos, we can rest in peace while we're alive. Isn't that what you want to give to your friends and your family and your your kids and grandkids if you have them? I just want you to live it. Go in peace. Live in peace. And then John 14, Jesus starts his teachings to his disciples. He's preparing them for when he leaves. And what does he give them? My religion I give you. (laughs) My rules I give you. My commandments. No, no, here's what he said. Let's read it, can we? Go, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your be troubled and do not... Hmm. So he gives them peace, then he gives them an assignment. And I believe this assignment's for us. I'm going to give you my peace, but you have an assignment. Do not allow your hearts to be troubled, and do not be afraid. Well, Lord, I pray your peace would be on me. And he says, sure, here I am. And then I'm overwhelmed by worry and fear and anxiety. Not only is there turmoil in our land, this is the highest percentage of people at any time in history living with what we call anxiety attacks and despair and depression and discouragement. Now, please hear me. I know there's some people that have anxiety attacks and panic attacks, and some of that's chemically related, and sometimes there, there needs to not only be counseling, there needs to be medication, and I'm all for that. Hear me. I'm all, all for that. I'm not against that. But sometimes we can rely on all of that and never come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. This happened to me a while ago. I was starting to get a sore throat, and and I, I just, you know, said, okay, I know what I need to do. And vitamin C, right? Garlic. It's been working for me, man. I've been thinking garlic and, and oregano. It's an Italiano. It's oregano. You know what I mean? <laughs> oregano, oregano, oregano. Anyway, so, so I went to my medicine cabinet, and I started, you know, drink water and all this stuff. And I heard this whisper. Don't, don't, I, don't I get included? <laughs> what? You know, Lord, you're with me all the time. No, don't, don't I get included? Oh, you mean you want me to pray and ask you to touch my throat? What a novel concept. Now, I'm not against Bayer. I'm not against Advil. Come on. 
I'm not against emergency. I'm not against high doses of stuff. I'm not against, you know, uh, penicillin or antibiotic. I, I'm not. I'm just saying, I, in that moment, I didn't even invite Jesus into the conversation. I had the remedy. Oregano. Anyway. Jesus says, don't let your hearts, come on, be troubled. So what he's also saying is it's possible that you could be the cause of your trouble coming into your life. And his peace, listen to this, can't override you if you decide to be a worrywart or if you decide to let fear rule your soul. Listen, I'll give you peace, but don't you let your hearts be troubled. Don't you allow it to happen. See, Jesus gives us peace, but we must not be troubled. It's a command. See, the peace of Jesus, this Bible verse tells us, is not of this world. You don't get it by a beautiful sunset or hanging out at a day spa or you know, swimming in the ocean if you like that or riding your bike down a hill. Or, you don't know. The peace of Jesus can only thrive where hearts determine to not be troubled and afraid. Do you remember the disciples are in the boat? You know the story. Everybody knows it. The miracle worker is in the boat, and all they can focus on is the storm. Jesus is asleep. I would have wanted to watch him sleep. And I would have wanted to be the first one when he wakes up. Hey, hey, what's up, you know? And they watch the storm. And here's what they say. Let me, let me paraphrase. Jesus, don't you care? We are going to die. It's not we're going to capsize. It's not that we might get wet. We are, we are doomed. But do you think they were exaggerating? They're fishermen. They've been in this body of water before. We, we, we can always want Jesus to do something. Stop the storm. But first, we must do what he already told us to do. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, this, this is hard. Uh, Lord, I know you're sleeping. Sorry to wake you up. There's a little bit of a storm out here. We're not troubled. We're not concerned. Everything's fine. We're going to live. Just thought you might want to know. That's not what you have in the story. They're, they're having a panic attack. We are doomed. We are going to die. I mean, you don't panic any more than that, can you? We're going to drown and die. So when you are troubled and fearful, we then step into the space that only Jesus should occupy. So this, this, this box represents your life, okay? Don't have any tortas for you this week, but that was last week. This box represents your life and Jesus, the Prince of Peace, wants to rule your heart. That's it. That's it. This is what he tells us to do. Don't let your life, don't let your heart be, be, be troubled. When he uses the word heart, it's the old um, word that simply means intellect, emotion, and will. Don't let your thinking be clouded by your trouble, your intellect. Don't let your emotion, we're going to die, and your will, your purpose. 
what you're going to do, your zeal. Lord, I choose to let you be the ruler of my heart. And I choose, watch this, not to let the outside storms become an inside storm. Yes, there's trouble out here. Yep, the stock market's doing funky things. Up and down, up and down. Yep, my coworkers are a pain in the tuchus. That's a Latin word for neck. <laughs> Look it up later. Like one guy told me, at my shop, I carry the load. Everybody else is retired on duty. You know what that means? They're not carrying the load. And I said, if you let all of those people and their issues cloud the fact that Jesus wants to occupy the space in your life, then, then, then pretty soon you're, you're going to let worry into your heart. And pretty soon you're going to let fear. Do not be afraid. Didn't he say that? And pretty soon anxiety, right? And don't let your heart be troubled and trouble. And guess what? If you want to have all that in your life, Jesus says, okay, fine. Enjoy it. Hope it works for you. And he steps aside. Because all these things start to occupy the space that only he is allowed to occupy. And by the way, I don't have this mastered. I'm working on this too. So I'm a fellow sojourner to embrace and rise above life and embrace peace. Because as a pastor and a chaplain and an honorary commander and a board of trustee member for a college and, and just somebody who's living in Santa Barbara County like you are, I just hear trouble all the time. It's just all the time. And I have to get to the place where I say, you know what? I see that for what it is, but it ain't coming in here. Huh? If you let everybody's problems come into your heart and to your life, then you push Jesus out. It's only space that he can occupy. It doesn't mean you live in denial, that there's no trouble, that there's no storms, that there's no crisis, that there's no issues. It just means that you're not going to let that stuff sink your boat. Does that make sense? And that's kind of your assignment for this week. Be able to say, you know what, Lord? I want to get over anything that's habitual in me that lets that stuff into my heart because those who live without peace have become accustomed to allowing trouble, fear, and anxiety into their hearts. And you know who they are. Don't say their names out loud, but you're around them a lot. And they're bent, and their drive is to find the worst thing about the day and let you know about it too. And your thing should be, okay, I'm going to hear you, but you ain't coming in here because I'm going to let Jesus and his peace rule my life. Oh, yeah, you don't say, wow, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me pray for you. And you pray for them. But, but watch this. This might seem like a lack of compassion. You care for them. You serve them. You point them to Jesus. But you don't let their stuff inside your life. Because if you do, then you're no good to the kingdom because you're full of everybody's stuff. <laughs> and it's hard because you want to help people. You want to take on their stuff, but you have to hear it without letting it become the loop or the tape or the, or the soundtrack of your life. And you know this. Come on, I'm being real with you. You know this. People can go, rah, 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 and pretty soon you're, rah, 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 too. We're, we're mimics. What we hear. That's why when I hang out with people that have accents, pretty soon I've got one too. 
What's the matter with you? What you say? Yo, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, Adrian, yo, come on. And you, seriously, when I hang around my Italian family, it's like weird, man. I start speaking, I'm just funny. If I hang around people, Hispanics, I, I love, I wish I could speak Spanish. I can't. I tried last week. If you missed it, you missed it. But pretty soon, you know what? We're products of our environment. We should be products of the Holy Spirit in us who fills our life with peace and hope and joy. And his government should be right here. The reason we will have trouble is that we are all in trouble and we're all creators of trouble. We're troublemakers. Good morning. It's not noon yet, but before it is, I got to tell you, you're a troublemaker. Not me. Not me. I'm not either. I'm offended by what you said. See, that's your problem. You're easily offended. Get over it. John 16:33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have. There it is again. I've told you these things, John 14, 15, 16, 17. I've told you all this, that in this world you'll have trouble, but, but take heart. Don't let your heart fall apart. Don't let your mind fall apart. Don't lose your mind. Don't become anxious. I've overcome the world. And somebody says, what world have you overcome? Have you seen our world, Jesus? What world have you overcome? Can I submit to you my thought? I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. He's come to overcome your world. The world you live in, the sphere that you have, the influence, the family, the responsibility. He comes to overcome that. That's why he can be our savior who forgives our sins by the blood of Jesus. And he dies on a cross. He rises again from the dead so we can overcome the world. We we, we can overcome whatever you want to call your life. Jesus has overcome the world. The question is, where's the world? It's you. Because then when you have peace in the middle of this world that has trouble, and you overcome in him, then you recognize it's more than him just ruling over governments like the people wanted him to do when he came to this earth. Rule over the Romans so we can be free, so our economy can be changed, so we can have our houses back. And Jesus said, I didn't come just to change a government. I came to change what governs you and to change you from the inside out and to make you different so that you'll never, ever, ever, ever have to wonder where your peace comes from because it comes from me. It's in my heart. I'm going to back up uh, to Colossians 3.15. It said, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. No, listen. Well, Lord, would you bring your peace? And here's what he said. Will you let it rule? Lord, I want your peace. Let it rule in my heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to to peace. Um, By the way, a whole other sermon. We don't have time for it. That speaks about unity, where people get along together in Christ and be thankful. But we have to let the peace of Christ rule in our heart. He's able to rule. Here, I give you peace. Not as the world gives, but let it rule. Well, I'd rather let anxiety rule. And Jesus says, okay, hope it works for you. And he stands there, let me know when I'm welcome back. I want to let worry and fear rule. Let me know when I'm welcome back. And right in the middle of the path of peace is the cross. 
which is our peace sign. It's our plus sign. And he comes to this empty tomb. He walks out of it. And John 20, in the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. This is the Jesus who told these disciples, don't be afraid. And what are they doing? They're afraid. Three days after he dies, they're afraid. Gosh, it's not very long, Lord. <laughs> and they're afraid, and they're locked in a room for fear that they will be crucified next by the Jewish leaders, and Jesus came and stood among them. By the way, no versions say that they opened the door. He just showed up. He beamed himself into the room without special effects. And some naysayers say, well, that's because he was only a ghost. He wasn't. But in the next line, it says, and he showed them, after he said, peace be with you, he, he showed them his hands and his side. He showed them what violence does, what unrighteousness does, what a lack of justice does. Listen, folks, humanity killed the Prince of Peace. And left to our own devices, that's what we do. We're angry people. We're mean people. I mean, if we, if we don't have Christ, we're ruined. And Jesus says, look at my hands and my, my, my side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw it was the Lord. And the first thing he said to them was peace. And then in the next verse, 21 and 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And again, he said, what? Oh, peace be with you. Jesus is all about peace. Just a quick question. What gets to rule your heart today? What gets to rule your life this week? And here's my assignment to you. When, when, when trouble comes knocking at your door, you can say, excuse me, excuse me, you're not welcome here. Let Jesus rule your heart. When, when the word says he rules your heart, he, he's like a guard, like a sentry at the door. He's got a loaded weapon. I like that. That's good. The kind of weaponry Jesus has, we want that. And uh, Jesus, Jesus, would you be the sentry at my heart store? Yep. Uh, trouble's trying to come in. Yep, got it. I see it. Four o'clock, trouble's coming in. Six o'clock, I see trouble. Yep, it's on your six. Here comes trouble. I see it. Yep. Jesus, will you take care of that for me? Absolutely, I got it. Let him rule your heart and your mind. And it's an exercise that says, Lord, I call you now in the midst of my trouble. I summons Jesus, the Prince of Peace, into my heart and into my life. I did it a couple of times this week, and you know what? It works. Yeah, but there's all this turmoil, Pastor B. You don't get it. I get it. Just like this. I get it, but it ain't coming in here. And we have to get to the place where that's how we live, where we say, Holy Spirit, come upon us. Your peace can come. I think it's beautiful. He says, I want the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. Come upon you, give you peace. I'm going to pray with you, and then they're going to, play a song, and uh, I hope they are anyway.
Will you just bow your heads for a moment? And would you just think about these, these words as I say them? Trouble, fear, worry, anxiety, negativity. What, what seems to be in your heart the most these days? Or is it Jesus and his peace? What will you allow into your heart and into your life these days? Will it be his peace? See, I, I see Jesus standing right next to your heart, and he's saying, invite me in. And you'll say, but, I, but he's my Savior. But is he your peace, your Prince of Peace? Is he the one who has the power to keep trouble and worry and fear and anxiety and depression from your soul? I believe he is. And so, Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit to be upon us. If there's anybody here, Lord, if they've never made you their Lord and Savior, I pray even now that they would open their life to you. Right now, they would say, Jesus, be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. But then, Lord, for so many of us that know you, that walk with you in this room and online, we desperately need your peace. Help us to have the courage to fulfill your assignment for us that we would not let our hearts be troubled. We believe in you, the Prince of Peace. Come, Jesus. Be our peace. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.